Hello, and welcome to Why Choose Reads, where we say why love one when you can love them all. I'm your host, Why Choose Romance author, Sunny Hart, and I'm thrilled to be here today with fellow author, Lyric Nicole. Thanks so much for being here, Lyric. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome to the show. We'll go ahead and get started with the impossibly difficult question of tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom. I have three stepsons and my actual son that I love to death. Um, I live with my boyfriend and his mother, who took us in when I wasn't in the best pl- the best of spots. I enjoy reading, and I like playing with my son all day. Like spending time with him is my favorite part of the day. Yeah. So- Love that. Love that. Well, we will jump kind of into uh, the first round of questions, and that's kind of about how you got into writing. Now, obviously, why choose is a unique genre, um, is maybe not people's first thought when they think of romance. Um, So tell us a little bit about how you discovered the genre and then your process to becoming a writer. Okay, so I discovered the genre on accident, I would like to say. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you know of the Dream app. It's kind of like Radish and Good Novel and Ink It. But I oh, was thinking, I was like, I found, an episode, I found a story on there with twins. Mm, okay. Alphas and, and Paranormal. And I was like, okay, I'll read this. But then they cost money. And then I found the one with triplets. So I was like, okay, I like this. I like them being brothers. That's kind of hot. Yeah. And then I realized that it was just getting too expensive it was like forty dollars every two weeks for me to read books on it and I just couldn't maintain it and yeah. so I went to a Facebook group asked what was the best way to get more bang for your buck and they said KU so mm-hmm. I read I got KU and I looked up like twin alphas or triplets <laughs> or something and Alicia Williams came up <laughs> she's not even a paranormal author at the time yeah so I read that I read her Emerald Lake series and I loved mm-hmm. it and that kind of got me into the world of why choose mm-hmm. and then I became a PA for an author mm-hmm. and as you know that I have a couple books out now that are why choose well one's why choose one's menage and a lot of them was based on personal experience mm-hmm. so I would like to credit being into the Why Choose to Alicia Williams. She did really do a lot of bringing me into the world, Facebook groups, Mm -hmm. following her, wanting to party with her and stuff. Um, For people who don't know, Facebook parties are where a lot of indie authors have release parties to help promote their books and go in other groups. So it's easier to promote them and have authors congratulate you. And then they can promote their own books in that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think one of the things we were, I was actually talking about this, um, another author recently, the one of the great things about the indie author community, I think is just how much it's like a rising tide lifts all boats, and how willing people are to share their groups and their newsletters. And yeah, it's been really fun to, to immerse myself in. Yeah, I will say the indie author community is very great. They are very uplifting. If you feel like your book is crap, which we all feel that way. <laughs> if you tell me as an author that you didn't think that your first book was crap, I will not believe you. Yeah. Period. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's very uplifting. I like being in the community. 
starting off as a PA got me into seeing where all the resources are. So that's helped a lot with me being able to promote my books and push them to groups that I want them to be in. Yeah. So yes, definitely uplifting, definitely full of resources that helps you. And they're the first line of defense to come to your aid mm-hmm. when you are being on being attacked by authors. If say, if you don't have your book out fast enough, or mm-hmm. you don't have enough books out for the series, or they're just they don't like your work because you don't yeah. have it edited. But I'm just like, if you're an indie author, you don't have the money up front to pay for a good editor or to pay for a good cover. That stuff's expensive and people don't realize how expensive that is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know a lot of really popular books now that their first, you know, their first time published, they maybe didn't go through professional editing. And, you know, it it is expensive. Like, and, and one of the nice things about being an indie author is that you have all that control you know, you get to decide what, you know, what your books are and, you know, how they're formatted and the covers and all that, which can be great. But the responsibility is also all on you <laughs> as well. It, it is. Like, yeah. People don't realize that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we may have like full-time jobs aside from that, but that full-time jobs take care of our livelihood. Mm-hmm. This, like yeah. writing books is usually starts off as, I don't want to say a hobby because people enjoy writing and that's what they want to do for a living mm-hmm. but it originally starts off as something that you do small time to get yeah. them out there and that yeah. takes a lot of work just to do that alone yeah so I mean editing a good editor can run anywhere depending on the length of your manuscript you know 400 to 800 dollars you know just for line editing um so it's a it's a lot and then a cover you know you can get a pre-made one for maybe something like 50 bucks but you know, if you want a custom one, it gets up to 300, you know, even a thousand dollars. So unless you have like a chunk of savings to dump into it at first, you kind of have to put the book out there, let it make some money. And then as you go update it and everything, that's hard. Yeah. And that's, I think there, we see a lot of sometimes these big success stories and we can kind of get into our heads that that's how it's always going to be like. And then you know, that's not true. That's, you know, there's those cases are few and far between. They give us hope and they show us what's possible. But the reality is, is, you know, that this, this is a marketplace and it's got trends. And we also, when we publish on Amazon, we give up our, some of our control to the Zon, you know, (laughs) and what we get paid. And so it can be, it's not always sunshines and rainbows with it, but we do it because we love the stories. I feel like. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking on stories, tell me a little bit about uh, your books that are out now. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> I, I, don't have to. I feel like as authors, we don't like talking about our own books because we've gotten into this um, role. I wouldn't say role, but we we kind of like shun ourselves from from writing smut because most people don't understand what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, so Finding Her Love is a wide choose romance, super slow burn. And when I say slow burn, I think they got a couple kisses and maybe a couple touches in there. Um See, the, I don't, by her sight, they they barely kissed her yet. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know why I wrote a slow burn. I didn't intend for it to be a slow burn, but the female main character is um selectively mute. Okay. And she's had a lot of hardships in her life since she turned five. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't seem right for them to be like, let's go bang. Yeah. <laughs> and 
chapter 10, when they're just getting to know her, she's just not right in the right mind frame to be ready to do that. Yeah. So that's finding her love. I love the cover, by the way. I know we didn't mention mm-hmm. that, but Carmen Richter made the book, made the book cover, and I love it. It's pretty and pink and everything yeah. I've ever wanted to be in a book cover. <laughs> um, Settling the Score, which is my menage, which is an MFM, mm-hmm. is about twin non-identical brothers. Okay. Slightly bully the female main character. Okay. She moves out of town. She gets a volleyball career. And then Mm -hmm. she has to come back because an accident happened 10 years later after she left for college. When the female main character moves back after traumatic accidents in her volleyball career, she meets up with one of them on accident the first day she's back within like five minutes of being back in the town. (laughs) Yeah. And she runs away. She's still used to being bullied by them. Mm-hmm. Then they have to win her heart back. She, they have to settle the score with yeah. her. And it's just, I think it's a great book. I love the sex scenes. It was probably my favorite book out of writing sex scenes out of all of them. <laughs> on, I'm being completely honest. Um, and it's just a great book. People have given it good, good ratings. I love it. The cover is a scoreboard because settling mm-hmm. the score, right? <laughs> they were, were ex football players. So I felt like it was very fitting. Yeah. No, I love that. So when you're developing kind of these characters in these stories, um, like where do you get your inspiration from your characters? Um, I don't. I get, I'm <laughs> a pantser, I guess. I think that's the term. I don't plot at all. Um, I have to be given, for the most part, I have to like told what's right. Okay. Because it was a multi-author collab and my theme was bully romance. Okay. So... I knew it had to be in high school or high school reunion had to do with high school. It had to be bullies. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to write a volleyball book where the, the main mm-hmm. character got a volleyball career. Cause I didn't get that in my life. Yeah. So like, that's kind of where it started. Oh, hi. Um, finding her love inspiration came from a dream that I had, which that part of the dream didn't even make it into the books. Which was <laughs> the part. I'm like, I wanted this to happen so much, but it never happened. And I was really sad that I didn't get to put it in the book. Do you have a favorite uh, male character that you've written? We're not supposed to have favorites. That's why we write why choose. <laughs> I do in each of my books. Okay. Um, my favorite in Finding Her Love is Luca. He is a deaf male character. Okay, I love it. You can tell that I favored him a lot in the book. Because it's a lot <laughs> more point of views for him. I tried not to put, put a lot more POVs, POVs with him. And then... In, Settling the score, my favorite is t- not Ty. In Settling the score, my favorite is Grant. Okay. I don't ask me why he's my favorite because he was the more he was the biggest bully, but he's just my favorite. <laughs> Probably because <laughs> my introduction and like the way he looks <laughs> made me like him more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got that redemption arc too. So sometimes you know the bigger they the bigger bullies they are, the harder they fall a little bit. Yeah, well. they were. He they were. That, they weren't really big bullies. Like it wasn't like hardcore Angel Lawson, Samantha Rue bullies. It was more mm-hmm. like pulling the hair type of bullies. Yeah. I couldn't go hardcore with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay, so uh, we'll be back with Lyric. I think we're about in a good spot to take a break here. So we're going to take a break for a quick advertisement, but don't 
tune out of these. Remember, this is how you stack your TBR list. It's definitely how I stack some of mine. Um, we'll be back with Lyric and asking her some more questions about her characters after a short break. Hey, listeners, check out By Her Sight by yours truly, Sunny Hart. In the Unitim realm, power determines where you belong. Blind, orphaned witch, Claire, has always spent her life wondering where she belonged. She's grown up in a small coven on the outskirts of the Unitam realm. While the teasing about her blindness hurts, the ridicule the coven members give her about her orphan status cuts deeper. What kind of disappointment do you have to be to have your parents abandon you? When the semi-sentient academy sends her an acceptance letter, she's sure it's a mistake. If she doesn't belong at Winshire, she surely won't belong at the academy. But what does she have to lose? As she navigates new friends, intense classes, and professors who seem to be split on whether she will pass or fail, her power starts to unravel inside of her, leaving Claire with more questions about her parents and where she belongs. And why does the Stomont triad, Desmond, the charming wizard, Everett, the silent griffin, and Malcolm, the grumbling dragon, want to get to know a low-level witch like her? This is a slow burn, happy ever after why choose in the first book in the series with a slight cliffhanger at the end, but lucky for you, books two and three are already out. Again, that is By Her Sight by yours truly, Sunny Heart. And now we'll head back to the podcast. And we're back with Lyric and we're going to dive back into our characters. So you mentioned you're a pantser, which means that, you know, a lot of times you need no idea where the story is going. Has there, has there been a time though where your characters have surprised you um and if there's been multiple has there been a favorite time where i think my characters have only surprised me once okay to be completely honest it was in settling the score and there was a smexy scene that <laughs> between grant ty and lacy okay i wasn't expecting it to happen and it happened i don't want to give too much details because like, <laughs> like it ruins the like surprise in the book that yeah. you're not expecting it to happen either <laughs> well, that's really like, the only time because I feel like I know where it's going when I get to the chapter. Like okay. I think about it ahead of time. I don't plot like, okay, this has to happen. This has to happen. This has to happen. It's like, okay, I want them to have a sex scene in this chapter. Gotcha. Like, that's as far as I go as plotting. Okay. Or I want them chapter by chapter. Good. Yeah. Okay. I do it. I'm, what do they call it when you just, you just write as you're going? Like some, sometimes I've heard it called like writing into the dark. Like, oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a term I've heard uh, used, not really necessarily sometimes in the why choose genre, but like in other genres in indie authors is like, you're writing into the dark. You got no idea. But like a lot of times people describe it as like, you have a flashlight and you can see a little bit in front of you, but that's it. Like, you're yeah, that's the dark exactly how I write. Like I can see, I want them to have a sex scene. How they get to that sex scene? I do not know at all. <laughs> like, zero knowledge whatsoever. Yeah, that's where you pants it, and that's where you go. <laughs> so, um, when you're um, kind of tell me a little bit about your writing process. Kind, I know you mentioned you're a stay-at-home mom, so obviously it sounds like you're kind of, you know, sneaking parts and pieces to writing <laughs> when you can. When you are sitting down to maybe start a project, um, do you have like a process for how long you kind of take to think about it to write the book you know kind of give us a little bit about that so my goal every day when I'm able to write is 1k okay I, I feel like that is a good number for me I don't get for lack of better words bored of writing because mm-hmm. I just sit there and stare at the screen for so long I just my brain goes okay what can I be doing or I get distracted yeah. with my laptop or I get distracted with my phone mm-hmm 
Um, I try to write when my son's at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helps a lot with being at home by myself, having it to, like not being have having any distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really have a plan to go into writing. I do sprint though. I sprint oh. with some, some friends, Mar- mostly Miranda May. Okay. I write a lot. It helps keep that competition going. Like yeah. she writes like 1500 words every 30 minutes and I can get like five to 600 every 30 minutes. So I'm like, I got to get up there with her. I got to get faster. Yeah. I got to write faster with her. So yeah. that's mainly like what I do. I sprint. My, I try to get to my goal. If I get more than my goal, I keep going until I get distracted and then I'm done for the day. Unless I get like another like two hour window, then I'll go back and write again. Mm-hmm. Or I will say this, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and write like 3,000 words, not realizing I've written that, that much. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, no, one of my, she's not a white shoes author, but Glennon Doyle um, would talk about that sometimes because she has kids as well. And it was just like, she's like, I had to get up at 5 a.m. and sit in the closet and just write, you know, before. <laughs> before, before everybody gets up, you know, like, worry about, like every like mom idea and stuff that you have to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just got to shut everyone out and just be like, all right. We're going. <laughs> awesome. Um, when you kind of, when the creative well runs dry, um, what are some things you use to kind of refill your inspiration? I don't. <laughs> this is a bad question to ask me. <laughs> I genuinely try to read. I read okay. books to get me back in the mood. If my, if I'm reading, if I'm trying to write and nothing is coming out for the story, I distract myself in somebody else's world. Yeah. Okay. And that helps. I feel like that helps other authors because I'm reading in KU. And it helps me get me out of my life, which is mm-hmm. usually what's keeping my inspiration from being, from getting to where it needs to get. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No, reading, I think, is such an important way to kind of refill the well and like kind of consume. Yes, and it's so good for my mental health yeah. to get me out of my house, to get me into a new world. Mm-hmm. Not what I'm reading right now, but yeah, you know. yeah, yep. No, it's so important in to consume instead of like you know constantly give of our yes. <laughs> yes. Well, awesome. Well, as our time kind of comes to an end and everything, how can readers connect with you? They can connect with me on my Facebook page, my author readers page, and on Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Well, sweet. Well, Lyric, thanks so much for being on. This has been a super fun conversation. It's been really fun to hear more about settling the score and finding uh, finding her love is finding my love. Finding her love is already on my TBR list. Um, so <laughs> behind that endless TBR list that never quite fit. <laughs> Always so endless. Like every day, you add like five or ten books because you see oh. the recommendations. Like, oh, I want to read that. I want to read that. I want to mm-hmm. read that. Well, mine has been, I've been trying to get better about Facebook ads. So I started like interacting with ads that I find interesting to me. So I can kind of like know what format people like and the ones that people click on and whatnot. But the problem now is that every other post from me (laughs) feels like an advertisement for a really good book. (laughs) So, so it kind of has backfired on me because now instead of, you know, learning how to do Facebook ads, I am adding more to TBR. Yeah, I'm reading instead. So, but yeah, so thank you so much though, again, for being on the show. It's been really fun. Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. And thanks to our listeners for listening and supporting our podcast. If you're dying for some more Lyric Nicole content and some of that behind the scenes stuff she mentioned earlier, head on over to our Patreon for exclusive behind the scenes questions. You can find the link to our Patreon in the show notes or at patreon.com backslash why choose reads podcast. See you next time.